are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Folks, uh, he launched Investor Inc. back four years ago in 2019. They've got 100 paying customers today, minimum 400 bucks a month. These are all GPs managing their own funds. LPs can sign up, pick individual deals these GPs have brought to market. He also makes money by taking 30 to 50 bips on total AUM. Today, that total AUM is about 60 million bucks on the platform across 30 active GPs that have raised at least a dollar and are doing deals. He's looking to grow that. Again, making money on the BIP model, also making money on a minimum fee for a membership if you want to learn from other GPs and do cross-deal promotion, etc. So we'll see what happens next. Hey, folks. My guest today is Badri Malinar. He's a co-founder and VP at a company called Avestor, a technology platform focused on end-to-end solution for sponsors to build customizable private funds. Badri, ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's go, Nathan. What? What is a customable private fund? So let me step back a little bit. Today, the private fund industry is almost overtaken the public markets. There are trillions. Roger, my audience doesn't know what private funds are. Give me an example of a private fund today. The well-known one. A well-known one. You know, there are BlackRock. A lot of there are several private equity funds. But to get to your question very quickly. A customizable fund is a private fund where you can pick and choose your investments. Think of it as if you go to Fidelity and say, I like this mutual fund, but I don't like this 20 stocks. I want this other 10 stocks. So you pick and choose your investments within a private equity fund or a private real estate fund. And that's what a customizable fund is. Why would a GP of a fund like BlackRock or a little small REIT in Dallas, Texas, why would the GP of that fund want to give individual LPs the ability to opt in or opt out of individual pieces of real estate they're buying? Doesn't the GP want sole discretion over all that to move quickly? Great question. There are different classes of GPs. There There are two answers to that question. One is passive investors prefer to have the choice. So if you want to let it be driven by passive investors, what we have found is 95% of our investors really prefer to pick and choose which deals you want, which asset classes you want, which timeframe you want. Uh, And uh, so, for example, just very quickly, in our fund and the company-owned fund, we let investors pick and choose between uh, self-storage, retail, hospitality, multifamily, uh, student housing, RV parks. So different people prefer different asset classes. So it starts from the passive investor. And as far as the GP is concerned, if you're a BlackRock is perhaps not the best example. You asked me for the best known uh, fund. Uh, But if you're somebody starting out, investors feel uncomfortable giving you the choice of uh, saying, okay, whatever deal you're investing in, I'm in. Investors want to see the deal and then uh, pick and choose the deal. So that's the somewhat long answer to your question. I like that you're eating your own dog food. What's the size of the company run fund? The size, you know, the company run fund is less than five million, about five million dollars. It's less okay. than uh, the intent of that fund was never to grow the fund. Uh, it was purely to test out large volumes of transactions. We allow people to invest, do micro investments in that. As yeah. So, as how many individual LPs are in that fund? Uh, there are about. Uh, I have to check the numbers. About uh, sixty in that fund. 
six zero. Six zero, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then I guess what's your revenue mo- revenue model? How does uh, Avestor make money? Okay, let's let's get to that. So the way what we have done is we built that fund, and now we offer that same platform for people to create their own funds. It could be in real estate, it could be judgment liens, music streaming rights. We have a wide range of asset classes. And then what we charge is based on the assets under management. We have more than 100 funds now. And based on the assets under management, we charge a AUM uh, fee, which ranges from 30 basis points to 50 basis points of the AUM. So uh, on a what paid out paid out what on a on a monthly quarterly biannual annual basis? Uh, it's paid out monthly. It's calculated uh, daily, but paid out monthly. So okay, and you said thirty to sixty bips. Thirty to fifty bips. Thirty to fifty bips. Okay, yeah. what's the average fund size on the platform today? So we opened it to other funds just a little over uh, um, uh, less than two years back, and so many of the funds are growing. The av- uh, funds are between one to five million. Some are ten, 10 million. But there are several funds which are growing pretty rapidly. So okay, so the largest fund is about ten million. Uh, Thirteen, yeah. Do you have like a naturally built-in churn problem? And what I mean by that is this: if you help an individual GP get their first fund under their belt to build confidence with investors, eventually they're not going to want to give investors the ability to pick and choose deals. They're going to go raise their own private fund where them as a sole GP have full discretion over every deal, which by nature makes the investor platform, I think, useless. Then they churn. In fact, it's strange that you mentioned that. We have probably the lowest uh, amounts of churn, less than 5% for a SaaS business. I'll tell you why. Once you... Uh, 5% on what basis? What's that? 5% on what basis? Less than 5% of the people have uh, suspended their funds. They're not yet canceled. They've just suspended it. Lifetime, funds. monthly, quarter, annually? Lifetime, lifetime. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and the, let me tell you the reason. We are the only platform in the world which offers a customizable fund and a customizable fund is an evergreen fund. So what you don't, many people don't realize is each time you do a fund or each time you do a deal, going through the private, uh, uh, the PPM process can be very expensive. Here you create one PPM and you can add new deals within minutes. So very naturally, the barrier to add new deals is very, very low. And once you add a deal, typically these deals are three to seven years, so you have to be, uh, you, you can't really get out until uh, the deal exits. And let's say in year two, you add another deal, then you have another seven years. So these are very, it's a very, very sticky business model, which might be of interest to many of you or SaaS uh, co-founders. So I see. Okay. Um, and, and I guess, so how, what's the total AUM today under management across all customers on Avestor? It's still low, r- growing. It's about 60 million. <laughs> okay. About 60 million. You mentioned you have 100 funds on the platform, correct? Yeah. A lot of the funds are about to be in the launch stage. So, How I many mean, actually have closed a fund and done their first deal? So about 30 funds have done their first deal. 30 funds have launched, still waiting for their first deal. The market has uh, become a little more challenging, the real estate market, because of high interest rates. You know that. Yep. And uh, 30 funds are in the process of launching, uh, give or take a few, so roughly. So. Yep. So just to be clear, you know, we're recording this at the end of August here, 2023. There's 60 million in AUM across 30 funds that use your platform. You're taking on the high end 50 bips, right? And Correct. I assume that's that's annualized, right? Like, so in other words, that'd be 300,000, right? 50 bips on 60 million is 300,000. You're not taking 300,000 here in August. You're taking 300,000 divided by 12 in August, right? 
Correct. Uh, but we have other sources of revenue too. Um, just to be very clear, it's not just the platform. We help them with all aspects of marketing, launching, and scaling their fund. We help them with legal, regulatory. We do free fund bookkeeping and uh, background checks, accreditation checks. So the, uh, without getting into the details, the ARR model is just one element, but we have other sources of revenue coming in too. So. Well, I heard that you do a bunch of free stuff is what you just listed. Where else do you make money outside of the BIP, you know the 30 to 50 bit model? So there are the background checks is an additional source of revenue. If, uh, if you do blue sky filings, that's an additional source of revenue. But it's fair to say the vast majority of our revenue comes from the BIPs model. So. Okay. And what would you say over 90%? Uh, yeah, so today, okay. but we want to diversify. Uh, and uh, the other point I want to make is it's not a straight BIPs calculation. There is a minimum of $400 per month, even if you have. Uh, yeah, uh, so we have kind of converted into a membership model where you have to pay $400 because we have a mastermind where people can interact with other fund managers. And uh, that $400 a month includes access to the mastermind. Plus, uh, it includes the first million in AUM, if that makes sense. Yeah, but just it's very easy to clear that hurdle as a fund manager on investor. You'd only have to raise $100,000 and 50 bips of that is $500 already, right? Or are you saying 400 bucks a month is the minimum? 400 bucks a month is the minimum. Oh, I see. I see. So you'd have to be... You have to be at like a. You have to be at a million dollars to break even. Uh, I in, see. I see. I see. In the UN. yeah. So, so what? What? What is this really like? Do you want to be sort of like Tony Robbins, right, and lead an army of folks that want to be investors and be in a boardroom mastermind every month, or do you want to be a real sort of fintech, you know, you know, AUM under management, Robin Hood like play? It's absolutely the fintech play. So, uh, but the fintech play with all the bells and whistles, so that uh, we are. One of so fund managers can interact with each other. They can cross invest in each other's deals. And we uh, another very attractive feature of our platform is now since we have a hundred private uh, funds, other sponsors want to come and pitch their deals in front of us, and we negotiate preferred terms uh, for them uh, for our fund managers to raise money for them. So. Mm-hmm. People would want to get deals in front of your audience if your audience was big. So how would you describe your audience today? And maybe a good way to ask is how many individual LPs are there across the 100 funds on your platform right now? Um, it's still less than 1,000. Um, okay. uh, um, but um, again, there, like I said, many of the funds have not launched. And we do expect to grow rapidly uh, once the funds launch. Do you help a GP raise money? Like, are you effectively a marketing channel for a GP that's got a good deal, but doesn't know who to raise from? I wouldn't, I would say we help them with marketing collateral and we have a marketplace where uh, people can browse through funds, but I think it would be misleading. We are not attempting to be a broker dealer. We are not attempting to raise money for them. It's really streamlining the legal accounting and uh, platform processes all in one place where they have to go to multiple vendors right now. And uh, then it's most of it is the money is coming from their investors uh, who are private to them and they get exposed to a variety of asset classes. The, 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 the funds investors get exposed to a variety of asset classes. So just to summarize so far, there's under a thousand individual LPs who have put at least a dollar, making up a total of $30 million of AUM, sorry, $60 million of AUM, of AUM on investor. That 60 million is managed by 30 active funds. You've got another 70 in the pipeline. And so you're making again on average on the high end 50 bips on the 60 million or about $25,000 a month right now on revenue. Is that about right? Uh, without getting into the details, um, 
that math is correct for the AUM portion. But remember, all 100 funds will pay a minimum of 400 bucks a month. So, uh, uh, I mean, the math is better than that, but I, I wouldn't want to get into the exact details of our AUM right now. Uh, I mean, our ARR right now. So. Well, you articulated that the BIP model is more than 90% of your revenue. So maybe it's, you know, it's 25,000 in MRR. Maybe it goes up to 30 grand, but plus or minus 10%, we're in the right range. But remember, it's uh, regardless of the BIPs model, there is a minimum of $400. So all the funds are paying $400 a month at least. I know, but I asked you how much, what percent of your total revenue is the BIPs model? And you said more than 90%. I is kind of include the membership also, the minimum as BIPs oh, model. I see. I mean, because uh, to us, because that we are already offering the 1 million in uh, AUM. So I include that amount in the BIPs model too. I, I oh, mean, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Okay, well, 100, 100, 100 funds paying 400 bucks a month then is 40,000 a month minimum in MRR. You're doing more than 40,000 a month at this point then. Exactly. exactly. I see, okay. And so we can understand your growth rate. Where were you about a year ago? Do you remember? Uh, we had less than, uh, I would say, 25 thir- uh, funds or so. So uh, 25 or 30 funds about a year back. So, so what, 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 in terms of revenue growth rate, so you'd have been like 20,000 a month a year, a year ago? Uh, no, we were far lower than that. So okay, uh, uh, b- because uh, a lot of the funds were n- had not yet launched and we hadn't done this minimum amount uh, before. Before, So that's a recent, um, uh, because now we add a lot of value from the mastermind. So people don't mind paying the minimum. So. Yeah. What's driven most of the growth? Uh, organic marketing. Uh, I, I appear in a lot of podcasts, not podcasts like this, podcasts related to real estate. A lot of referrals. Uh, that's really been the best source of business. I mean, we are uh, rarely advertised. We have been to like one conference uh, and we have not sponsored any conferences. Uh, it's word of mouth. People, because uh, people want to work with uh, uh, a, a lot of the GPs want to work with each other. They want to do co-GPs. It's a lot easier if you have an evergreen customizable fund of funds, which allows them to not only work with each other, but expose different asset classes. For example, a multifamily uh, GP may want to expose somebody else to a short-term rental or a student housing asset class. So, Yep. Yep. How have you funded the business state? Are you bootstrapped or have you raised? You know... We raised uh, a little less than a million dollars, not because we really needed the money. We wanted to reward our early investors in our fund and the early fund managers. So uh, they wanted to invest. And so we raised that. Uh, I think we'll look at a series, say, uh, maybe uh, end of the year or early next year. So So the million dollar seed was last year? Uh, No, a few months back. (laughs) A few months back. Okay, now is yeah. not a great uh, We didn't time. even complete the seed round because uh, we are almost cash flow positive uh, anyway. So we didn't need the money. So we didn't. Re- uh, but I think now we have uh, kind of cracked the formula on how to grow. Our Facebook ads are working. So now I think we are ready for uh, the next uh, stage in our growth. So. so just to be clear, sorry, how much did you raise in your seed round? 500K? Uh, it's a little less than a million. Okay, a little less than a million. Got it. So call, call it 800K, something like that. My statement's still the same. Earlier this year is a terrible time to be in the equity markets. Uh, valuations are way down. So this means you're taking a lot of dilution. Most folks earlier this year closing seed rounds were selling 20 to 25% of the company. Were you in that same range? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, we are uh, in the single digit range or less. Okay, so you sold under 10% of the business, which for 800K, which means you got a valuation of over $8 million post money. Right. Interesting. What would, what would, um, I mean, if you're almost, uh, cash flow positive, why would you go, you know, test the, you know, very bad equity markets right now, you know, in December this year for a series A? I told you it was rewarding our early investors. 
and uh, just no, no, no. why would you in December of this year? You said you would look at raising later this year. Uh, we, you know, it's not a given. We don't absolutely need it. Uh, we uh, we want to see, uh, get more strategic investors, so uh, we can slow down the growth rate a little bit and be uh, self sufficient. So it's uh, really about uh, turning on the engine, if you will. And if the uh, multiples are not good enough, and if the dilution is too much, we we won't raise the money. So. What dilution would you consider too much as founder? You know, we have been so busy in growing the business. Uh, we haven't had a good, healthy conversation on that. I would rather not answer the question just because we have not talked about it and I haven't, uh, we haven't had a good discussion uh, on this. We, we, we are having our first investor user summit in September. Uh, about 60 people are flying from across the country to Portland, Oregon. After we go past that, we figured we'll have this VC conversation in the uh, October, November timeframe. So you we haven't looked at what dilution uh, we look at and all that. So I, it's not that I don't want to answer the question. It's just that we haven't talked about it. You mentioned Facebook ads. How much did you spend last month on paid ads? A couple thousand. Okay. So it's not just organic marketing. You're, you're, you are doing paid we ads. We just started uh, a couple months back. Yes. Okay, so three, you know, a couple thousand, three thousand a month, something like that on paid ads. Where are you marketing? You know, the, the bigger pockets, you know, Facebook group, or what are your ads targeting? So we are targeting different groups, uh, sponsors uh, who are um, creating uh, different, uh, who are already doing syndication deals and things like that. And uh, we all tried Google AdWords too. I don't think it was as effective. We also tried YouTube's targeting people who uh, help people create funds. And, uh, but Facebook has been the most effective so far. So. And Badri, how many folks are full-time on the team today? Uh, there are about seven full-time folks in the U.S. and about uh, a dozen in India. So. Okay, so call it a 19 total there. Very good. Well, we're rooting for you. We're out of time though. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite book? Great value of principles. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I like Satya Nadella. I mean, it's amazing what he's done uh, with Microsoft. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a vester? You know, we, it's, I don't know if it's my favorite, but we found that Airtable has been uh, very, very effective for keeping track of different operations. It sounds like a trivial uh, database thing, but we, we've been using Airtable very effectively. And number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I get a minimum of seven. I mean, That's sleep is something I don't uh, skimp on. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, married with kids, love travel, and uh, always try to squeeze in travel while running a startup. So. How many kids, Badri? Uh, I wouldn't call them kids. But, uh, they're all grown-ups, but two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And how old are you? Uh, I'm close to 60 now. So. All right. We'll call it 58 years young. What is something you wish you knew when you were 20? You know, I wish I had gone in the entrepreneurial route uh, much earlier than uh, waiting. I mean, I did uh, start a company in my 20s, but it didn't quite take off. So I left corporate America in my early 40s. I wish I had left that earlier. Folks, uh, he launched Investor Inc. back four years ago in 2019. They've got 100 paying customers today, minimum 400 bucks a month. These are all GPs managing their own funds. LPs can sign up, pick individual deals these GPs have brought to market. He also makes money by taking 30 to 50 bips on total AUM. Today, that total AUM is about 60 million bucks on the platform across 30 active GPs that have raised at least a dollar and are doing deals. He's looking to grow that again, making money on the BIP model, also making money on a minimum fee for a membership. If you want to learn from other GPs and do cross deal promotion, et cetera. So we'll see what happens next. Badri, thanks for taking us to the top. Hey, thanks a lot, Nathan. And that's a great summary. I couldn't have done better.